for this congregation to face a turning point. Things could change after this. So be thinking about that as you hear about the prescriptions, but it's also an opportunity for us to make more disciples for Christ, which is our mission. So thank you very much for being here tonight, and Pastor Mike is next. Welcome back. Greetings, friends, and peace. Should I sing, Oh, Come, Let Us Adore Him? Yeah, <laughs> that'd be yeah. Um, Say just some logistics. Um, after the meeting, there's a, a coffee and uh, some cookies and some water uh, prepared by our a few of our confirmation students and their parents, and they'd love to have you in there and, and fellowship. All the chairs are moved out so we can hang out and, and be together in there, so we hope that you'll come in there. It's all decaf coffee, so if that disappoints you, sorry. Um, but... Uh, Pastor Keith and I are, are uh, banned from drinking regular coffee after 5 p.m. So, um, uh, here, your devotion uh, tonight, I want to talk a little bit um, briefly about a healthy church. Um, when I first went to farm country to be a pastor, I called one of the members of the church named Melvin Longhenry, and his, he invited me out because I wanted him to share with me what farming was all about. I mean, I lived in Iowa a lot of my life, and I lived in rural places in Colorado, but I really didn't know what farming was all about. I mean, I could see cows and corn and all that kind of stuff. And, and I remember sitting out at his house, and we sat on his, uh, on his porch, and, and he had a cup of lemonade. It was a pretty surreal moment. And we were looking out at a cornfield. And he says, Mike, you need to understand that anything great you want to do with a field starts with a decision. He says, you know, if you just leave it by itself, something will grow there. If you don't do anything, something will grow. But if you want to do something great, it starts with a decision. You have to say, we're going to grow something specific, and then the work begins. And because that moves you towards action. And that, that action is that you will do, you're claiming that you will do the specific things that are necessary to grow something specific. You plant corn, it's likely you'll get corn. I thought that was kind of rudimentary, but it makes a lot of sense. And then he said, every farmer that wants to have something happen in a field, they make the decision, they start working the action, and then everything they do for the next six months is wrapped around one idea, harvest. Our intention for this field is a bountiful harvest. That's the purpose in planting the crop. We didn't have any other purpose in doing that, and you have to have fidelity to that idea. And then, is after you have all that done, and understand this, because then he looked over and he says, now this ties into your work. He says, then we invest ourselves in powers that are greater than ourselves. We did not make the soil, but it needs to have the right stuff in it to grow the corn. We can't control the weather, but we need it make the corn grow. And these powers will make or break the crop if we've done the first three. But if you don't do the first three, it doesn't matter what the weather is, it doesn't matter what your soil is. And so when I got, I was thinking about that uh, a few weeks ago when we put the agenda together for this conference, I said, well, what is the vision of a healthy church? Well, the vision of a healthy church is pretty similar. It begins with the decision, we're going to be great for God. It, it simply says, we're going to be great for God. And some churches, I think, fail to be great for God because they don't try. They just decide they can't do it. Or nothing will change or something like that. 
Because, and, and as we've said, and I know Pastor Keith and I have both said it, that good churches are good things. Well, we've been a good church for a long time. And we want to endeavor, and we are endeavoring to be a great church. Great church, And so we have to get our minds around this. Good is always the enemy of great. Good will kill great every time it gets a chance. Because good is often put with the words enough. Great is often put with the highest level. And we want to be a great church for God. Because a great, to be great for God, means we make a decision with the intent of our spirit and our souls. And, and, and you know, the parallel of the farm field doesn't end that. The decision then moves to actions. We will do the necessary things to become great. Even if we've never done them that way before. Even if we've done something before and it failed before. We have to intend and, and do those actions. And then we understand that whatever we're doing, when we've decided to do it together, our intent is harvest. That's what it's always been about. The intent is harvesting. Lives will come to fulfillment. More people will come to know God. New seeds will be planted for the kingdom. And then, after we do all that work, and while we're doing that work, we completely invest ourselves in a power that is much greater than ourselves. The only power that can make the crop grow, the only power that can make our lives fill, the only power that can bring our church to its fruition and fulfillment, which is our God. Believing that if we do those first three things, God will make us. Or he will break us to take us a different way. And so when we come to the vote tonight and the decision tonight, all, all of us that have been doing a lot of work on this, it's all been about that. No, no derision about who we are as a church right now, because we're a good church. But our hope, our dream, our prayer is that we'll become a great church. Now, a lot of you joined me in, in, on the prayer in, in, on page 607 at the end of January, but I want you to grab the blue hymnals. Turn to page 607, and we're going to let that be our opening prayer before I introduce you to our uh, conference superintendent. Number 607 is the covenant prayer in the Wesleyan tradition. Uh, it's printed here in relatively modern, but not completely modern English. Uh, if you have a voice for God, would you say it along with me? I am no longer my own, but thine. Put me to what thou wilt. Rank me with whom thou wilt. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed by thee or laid aside for thee. Exalted for thee or brought low for thee. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to thy pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thou art mine, and I am thine, so be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. Now tonight, I know there's a pretty good group of us, so we're going to use uh, amplified sound throughout. So during our time, we'll be using the, the speaker here. And if you have questions, we'll be running a microphone out to you so that we don't have to repeat everything and people can say exactly what's on their heart and mind. So um, I want to introduce to you our conference superintendent, the Reverend Dave Crow, and uh, Jill Saunders, who's our field outreach minister. And if we pass the measure tonight, we'll become our coach. So ladies, gentlemen, come forward.
Thanks, Mike. I like the words. And I like the illustration. Took me back to my first charge. City kids sitting in a rural church out in the middle of the country wondering, what's up? <laughs> I also like the words about good and great. You know, we're a part of an annual conference. We have a lot of good churches. And we got a lot of churches who are really, really wanting badly to be good churches. What we really need are a lot of great churches. When this Healthy Church Initiative came along and I first got introduced to what it was about and began to see how this process worked and the difference it made in life of, of churches and, and, and folk who are part of churches, I was excited because it opened a window to what great was all about with that. We have a chance tonight to, to not whether we're going to be great. The question is how we're going to decide to be great. Um, the prescriptions that will be before us in a bit will give us one window for that. A uh, window has been hard worked on and laid forth for us uh, to wrap our hearts and minds around and give us opportunity uh, for that. I just want to say I'm excited to be here. It's exciting to be here on the Saturday when you all were working through all the things that led up to the prescriptions. It's been exciting to be a part of just the journey with you with that. So thank you for that privilege. My name is Jill Sanders. Um, I have been on the conference staff for about 13 years. It's like a third of my life. No, I'm kidding. It's more than that or less than that. Um, I, um, I just want to say that there's a lot of times in my ministry where I get to go along and walk alongside the churches in our district. Every now and then I have an opportunity to really feel like I've been on holy ground. And the weekend here at uh, Marion First, spending time listening to many of you in one-on-one -on -one, uh, conversations as well as um, your leadership, as well as um, the, the whole congregation of all those who came on that Saturday, and to listen in, it was a privilege. And um, I do think, I, I'm not sure if you're only good. You may not be great in your, yet, Mike, but you're, you're leaning there. Um, and so I just want to um, lift up something Mike said. Um, I didn't, until he said it, I was, I was going to share about George Buller's life cycle just a bit, very brief. And that was, if you were at the pre-consultation workshop, you know that, in, and on that day, we talked about George Buller's life cycle, that the easiest time for a church to start a new life cycle is when things are going well. Um, and so when Mike said, and, but oftentimes churches will, will wait until things are not going so well to say, oh my gosh, what is it that we need to be doing? And then that takes an amazing amount of energy um, from the congregation to be able to pull that off, and many don't. Um, so one of the things that, as Mike uh, shared the quote from the book Good to Great, that the, the biggest enemy of great is good, um, I was mind, mindful of that, that you all are a model in what you're doing in this Healthy Church Initiative because you're seeking to start new life cycles for your congregation while you're on the upswing, while you're on the side of that life cycle um, that says there's, there's good energy and good giftedness um, and uh, good discernment and good desire to, um, to follow God in the world and to invite others to do the same. So I just want to thank you, and um, whatever's decided tonight, I'm going to walk with you one way or another, but I'm really grateful to have been a part of this process with you. Thanks. Wow, there's more here than I thought. I had my back turned to all of you, so it's great to see you all here tonight. What has brought us here tonight is a process that started several years ago, and it was one in which churches in our district were invited to become part of the Healthy Church Initiative. And when we accepted that invitation, Pastor Mike at that time and then Pastor Keith and myself came alongside that later 
um, began a process of meetings and a lot of reading. And there were about six or eight books that we read that were on church processes and, and ways that churches could leverage themselves and perhaps change their focus and their mission to prepare themselves for the years to come, to be the churches that, we're, that God intends for us to be, and to be the church that will reach out and transform the world through creating disciples for Jesus Christ. And so a lot of preparation was done, a lot of uh, consultation amongst the pastors and other churches and amongst ourselves, and we did a lot of reading, like I said, and just to get us to that point where we had a lot of information to begin with, and then what do you do with that information? That culminated in our uh, consultation weekend in which there were hours spent from Friday through Saturday evening in interviews and uh, meetings, and there was the day-long, or not the day-long, but the, the quite-long workshop on Saturday. Um, they had... In it was... It was good. It was a very good meeting. I actually got to leave for a while because I had to do a funeral, but that was, that was beside the point, so I got to skip out for a while. But the interviews on Fridays were, Friday were with Pastor Mike, with some of the staff, with some of you from the congregation, and it was a great time for us to be able to talk about the things that we love about this church, the things that we are doing, the things that we enjoy about what we do here. And they gathered all that information. The consultation team took all of that information and met together then that evening again with Pastor Mike and, and with other people. And by Saturday evening then after the workshop, they put all that information together. And when they did, that resulted in the report that was presented to us on Sunday morning. And when Scott Hibben got done with the sermon that morning, those prescriptions were read to us, and that was the task that is now before us tonight to vote on, on what we will do with those prescriptions. We heard the strengths and the weaknesses that we felt were predominant in our church, and what that led to then was those five prescriptions that we are going to be voting on. So it's been a process that has taken a few years to get to this point, and um, we're going to be doing a lot of work after that, and there's going to be other things that will result from this, but it's been a great ride so far, and I think it's going to be an even more exciting and more thrilling time beyond this as we um, look forward to what God has for us and what's in store for our church here in Marion. Hello. For you that don't know me, my name is Tim Atwood and I'm chair of Mission Control. And one of the things that uh, we were responsible for is after the church consultation weekend and the prescriptions were read, uh, part of our duties were to perform three town hall style meetings. Um, in those meetings, feedback was to be received, questions, answers, concerns, things of that nature uh, that uh, the congregation might have going forward. Um, we tried to answer many of those things as we could during those meetings and things that we couldn't, um, you know, we, we forwarded on and, and answered via email or written correspondence later on. Uh, out of those things, we had, I think it was 126 uh, recorded comments that were individualized and five written comments that uh, in a format where somebody didn't feel comfortable providing verbal feedback at the meeting. Um, 
from those three meetings, uh, Mission Control met and we went through and verbalized each of those comments uh, and we categorized them per prescription. And what we tried to do as a group is boil those things down, look for common concerns so that <clears throat> we could provide some feedback uh, to the Charge Council and the Church Council in a condensed format, something that wouldn't take all night to read through, uh, to give good feedback of what, what we got out of those meetings. And this is uh, what came out of that. On the mission and vision prescription, uh, increased communication in multiple formats to be certain the mission and vision of the church is communicated and shared. Second boiled down comment was be sure to take the time we need to develop, implement, and follow through the plans required to address the needs at hand. There needs to be accountability and follow through. For the discipleship and pathway prescription, our two comments there uh, was we need to find more ways to get people uh, to people contact and interactions mentors, small groups to go along with the structured discipleship pathway. And it was very it was very obvious when we read through all the comments that you know everybody wanted people to people contact. It was important to develop personal relationships. To go along with that, ways need to be developed to remove anxiety and fear when welcoming new people, when signing up for classes and small groups. It's okay not to know someone and still approach them. It's okay to sign up for a class even if you don't think you know as much as the other guy. The connections uh, prescription. Uh, many of the same concerns that were shared in the discipleship and pathways prescription were expressed for this prescription as well. It's all about bringing people together so that we care for each other, not just attendance on a clipboard. Many concerns were directed at finding easy ways for members to identify other members. The church directory, new member pictures posted in the hallways, program leaders posted in a directory. Those were some of the examples that were in that prescription. The transition plan, communication was a big theme here. The majority of the comments were concerns for increased communication of what was occurring about the current building and the status of the new building. Other comments were focused on what would be the signpost that FUMC is still present when we're not at our and when we are at our new location. How will people find us? How do we maintain our history and still maintain our status as a landmark? And finally, the communication prescription. Uh, one of the most common concerns throughout the comments and the previous prescriptions was the need for more effective communication. Ways need to be found to reach the different uh, generations within our congregation in such a way as to be more effective. Twitter, Facebook, websites, bulletins, handouts, emails, pre-service announcements, we use all those things today. But how can we be more effective? There also needs to be a uh, definition of some terms used in the prescriptions uh, communicated. Definitions as to what or who are postmodern people or what is meant by invitational versus informational cultures, or a definition of what is the mission field. 
past that, uh, there was some general comments that was always before or after the meeting. People were very generally excited about the process, excited about the prescriptions. Um, a lot of people really enjoyed the ability to participate in, in a town hall format and, and you know, give some feedback. But the most common thing was that we needed to take the time that we need uh, to be, hold ourselves accountable to what we agree to do. And I think that's part of going from good to great, is you hold yourself accountable. That's all I've got at this point. If, if there's questions. At this point, what I'd like to do um, is make a motion to accept the Healthy Church Initiative process on our prescriptions. Can I get a second? Second? Yep. Okay. The boss takes over from here. Actually, the motion is before us since it comes through the process and through the church council before us tonight. You have on the second page of the two-page handout, you have there about halfway down the page where it says prescriptions. It's the next five items is what is before us as the motion, whether we adopt or not. They are not op open for amendment. It's just whether we accept them or we don't accept them. We don't need the second because it comes to us through the process. So they are properly before us with that. So at this point, are there any questions? That's why I didn't want them to go far. Are there any questions? Okay. Do we have a recording secretary? Karen, where are you? You're a recording secretary? Okay, thank you. If you would be so kind as to note that we are gathered as a church conference tonight with that. And uh, I want to remind everybody, if you didn't sign in beforehand, if you'd be sure to sign the, the clipboard before you leave so that we could look at the tally of the, of the ballots and the number of folks signed in, where we get into trouble if we have more ballots and we had people. For some reason, they get testy about that. No questions. Are you ready to vote? If so, you have a little card for your ballot. You can either write yes if you support, no if you do not, or abstain, one of those three. And Mike, do we have tellers? Thanks. Okay. Once you've voted, um, when we turn to a uh, hymn number 405 in the blue hymnal, Seek Ye First. Number 405 in your blue hymnal, Seek Ye First.
Thank you. Well, we had 83 folk register to vote. We had 83 ballots cast. That's a good sign. Don't you wish the state of Iowa had that kind of turnout? <laughs> anyway, unless I digress. We had 79 yeses and four noes. Your prescriptions pass with a mandate. I'd like to do a Bible study. If you'd open your Bibles to the book of Numbers. <laughs> We're going to go through it verse by verse. No? Dang it. Maybe next time, right? All right, let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we are so thankful, Lord, that regardless of our level of good or whatever, Lord, you are great. And God, it is your greatness and your power that we lean on and that we uh, seek to be empowered by God. And, and Lord, we recognize that apart from you, we can do nothing. So Lord, our desire in the midst of prescriptions and plans and, and strategies is to above all be yoked to your spirit and yoked to you. Lord, we seek to abide in you because you promised that if we did so, you would abide in us and that we would bear much fruit. And Lord, that is our desire. Father, I thank you that we are in a church that truly desires to be yoked to you, Jesus, and abides in you. Father, so many have been sidetracked by so many other things to abide in, Lord, but we choose to be faithful to you and to your gospel as imperfectly as we can, Lord, we trust in your perfection. So, Lord, give us your favor. Give us your guidance. You promised, Lord, that you'd send the Spirit to guide us into all truth, and we seek that. Help us as we process forward to do so in a way which honors you, that no matter what happens, we conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel, Lord that we would do so with love toward one another, love toward our community, but above all, love toward you. That we would do so with an ever-awareness of our need for grace and for peace. We thank you, Lord. These are exciting times, and we're privileged and honored to be a part of what you're doing in this world. Lord, give us everything that we need. We know that you have, because you gave us your life, you gave us your son and you give to us your spirit to mold us and make us into the church that you created us to be. And great and greatness does not even come close to defining what that looks like when we reflect your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you and have a great night. Go grab some yummy cookies. <laughs>